Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Jeremiah 13, 14, and 15. Chapter 13 says, Thus says the Lord to me, Go and buy a linen loin cloth and put it around your waist, and do not dip it in the water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord, <coughs> and I put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the loincloth that you have brought, which is around your waist, and arise. Go to the Euphrates and hide it there in a cleft of the rock. I want to stop for just a second. This is an interesting story. This is a very um, Old Testament uh, prophetic uh, story of imagery <coughs> excuse me and using of an item to uh, reveal a certain point to God's people but I want to just I want to break it down just a little bit quickly I love the obedience in the prophets because it's such an unusual thing just the start of this to say thus says the Lord to me Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist and do not dip it in the water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. Period. And there's a moment there. And, this is, and then the Lord came to me a second time. So at first, the Lord said, go buy a loincloth and put it around your waist. And he did it. And I just thought, man, let us seek to have such such a closeness and such an, and such an ear to hear the Lord that we could hear and be obedient even without the full picture because that's the thing i think many of us i know i i know i do i want to see where this is going before i really get started you know i really want we want to we want all the details and we want and i think our ear is just not really fine-tuned enough to the father to be able to move in obedience um expediently you know, just really just move in obedience and, and, and really let the understanding come later. We always put understanding as a prerequisite to obedience. And it's really not. Um, obedience is, is instantaneous to the, to the word of the Lord. And we need to get to that place where we really tune our ears to listen and obey, you know, and, you know, if I'm in the word, and I mean, in, in, in the word of the Lord in the way of the Bible in which we read, in the word of the Lord and the way in which comes to us, maybe it's spoken by, uh, maybe it's ministered to us by another person, or maybe it comes to us in our prayer time, whatever it is, it's all the word of the Lord. And it should all be treated in, in, in the same way to where if I'm certain that it's him, then I act immediately upon it. And my understanding is not a prerequisite. 
to my obedience. Because if that's the case, I'll be very disobedient. Because his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And so I just thought it was beautiful. And it challenged me this morning to think, Lord, I just need to get to where if you said it, I do it. If you said it, that settles it. You know, from the moment that it comes forth from your lips and it reaches my ears that I should be in action and I should be in movement. And I know sometimes I feel like I play chess and I start to look a few moves out in front. But it, but it's, it's, there's, in this moment here, there's no moves in front. It says, go buy a linen loincloth. Don't dip it in the water tied around your waist. And then the very next sentence says, he's bought a linen loincloth. He's tied it around his waist. And there's nothing to it. There's not even, there, you know, and then the, the word of the Lord comes to him a second time. And the Lord does reveal things to us. You know, it says we see in part. And there's something to that. There's, I think there's only so much capacity within ourselves that we could really see, see, um, much further down the road. So there's so much obedience that now it, it might be something like walk up to that person and start a conversation. It may be something in the instantaneous that you have to be obedient to and, and, and you don't need to play it out in your head. Like, what am I even going to say? Or what, you know, it's, it's that, but I think it's also seasonally in life. You know, you feel the Lord strongly suggesting that, that you need to, you know, apply for other jobs or, or you need to quit your job or you need to, you know, um, change this relationship with this friend or you need to whatever, you know, even just seasonally, even in, in the, in the, in life, we, we need to respond in this obedience of, of not even worrying about where's this going to go in three years? Where's this going to go in five? Where is this going to go in 10? You know, what about my 401k? What about my, you know, I've been, I've been here for this long. I'm almost at, at tenure. I'm almost, you know, and, you know, the Lord says, sell the house. Well, the market's not great right now. You know, what if I, and, and we just, we kind of like to mix our obedience to the Lord with our human reasoning and our logic. And I love reading these, these, these old prophecies because there's no logic in this. You're never going to get to a place where it makes logical sense that I go buy a linen loincloth and not dip it in the water and I tie it around my waist. But I must do so because the Lord has said so and it's my, it's my obedience to Him to listen. And so I just, I just, this whole story and it continues to go on, but I just thought, let us seek after this sort of obedience that is, um, swift and without the need for understanding. And and to, in order to have that, I think the first thing that we must have is an absolute certainty of the Father's voice. Because I do, be, I do believe there is a, a portion of us also that is cautious, and rightly so, and carefully determining the voice and the word that has come to me. And we want to have a, a, a an absolute uh, confidence that the word of the Lord has come to us. And I'm not speaking against that. I'm not speaking about being reckless, okay? Matter of fact, that's the next chapter is that there was prophets and priests that were not of God, that were speaking to them things that were false. And they were, and he, they, the, they were preaching to them what they wanted to hear. Things like, there's no famine coming. There's, there's no drought coming. You're fine. And, and they listened to it and they were punished too. That's in chapter 14. They were punished too. The ones that were prophesying were punished, but the ones that were listening to the prophecy were also punished. So there is it. I understand there's a delicate art to this. It's not that I, that I become a careless person. The first step is that I must familiarize myself with the absolute word of the Lord. And I must know his voice. I must know his voice. And I won't respond to another's voice. But when he speaks, I will respond quickly. And um, <coughs> I think we can understand that because 
it's like my children they know my voice and um you know it's uh you know if one of my children is in the other room and i say their name and i say you know levi come in here jude come in here you know they they are learning to respond quickly you know they they i'll I'll even get on to them if from the other room they shot back what you know no 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 i don't need what I, i i don't this is, I don't want a conversation. I want you to have movement and I want us to, I want you to get to doing what I need you to do here. <coughs> but there has been times where I'll, I'll disguise my voice, you know, and I'll say, Hey, Leva, you know, and, and if I could do it well enough to where it really doesn't sound like my voice, it is funny because they, A, won't respond and they be, and B, they won't come. And so there's just a stillness in them. Almost have concern of, I don't know whose voice that is, but I'm not going to listen to it. I don't even want to respond to it. And so that, that's, that's where we must pursue is a place of greater familiar, familiarity with the Father's voice. To when He does speak, I move quickly. But when it's another voice, when I know it's not the voice of my Father, I don't even engage with it, nor do I, nor do I move upon it. And so I've just felt like, that's which is something that was speaking to me this morning. Something that we should pursue is to really know the Father's voice and to really move quickly upon it. And uh, but this story continues to go on, and it says, um, "The word of the Lord came to me a second time: Take the loincloth that you have bought, which is around your waist, arise, go to the Euphrates, hide it there in a cleft of the rock." So I went and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. And after many days, the Lord said to me, "Arise, go to the Euphrates." I mean, even you see, days pass by. He's like, "Well, okay." Check that off the list. Uh, <laughs> hit that in the rock for you. Uh, you know, it's so funny too because we, we want so much understanding in our obedience. You know, it's like I, I I get up frustrated if I feel like I've been obedient and it didn't result in the immediate salvation of fifteen people. You know what I mean? Or or I mean, really, like it, I'm like I, I can't just just taste and see and look like oh oh that's why I did that. And here's this guy. He's Jeremiah. He's going and. Buying a loincloth, tying around his waist. Okay, that's great. And then the Lord goes, okay, now go uh, hide it <laughs> in the cleft of the rock. Okay, so he goes and hides it in the cleft of the rock. And then nothing happens. And a couple of days go by. Okay, but because the Lord was moving, the Lord was working. That's another reason why the Lord can't reveal to us the whole picture all at once. Because he just needs our obedience day by day. And then he's going to do his portion. I will do this and then he'll do that. We'll do this and then he'll do that. And so there was something that was happening while the while the loincloth was in the cloud of the rock. So it says, after many days, it says, Arise, go to the Euphrates and take from there the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. So I went to the Euphrates and dug and took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. And behold, the loincloth was spoiled. It was good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, Even so will I spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem, this evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own hearts and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. You know, it's it's just it's like, wow, we, had, we went through all these steps just to arrive at this place. But it was, it was to arrive at this place where Jeremiah is holding up this rag that he remembers. This is a rag that he bought. This is this is a rag that was tied closely to him, right? It, it's getting it's getting us to a place. It's it's a it's a rag that that he has a connection to, that he's now holding in his hand, and he knows that he can no longer do what it was meant to do, and it's become spoiled, right? It's covered in filth, and he's trying to get for Jeremiah and for the people of Israel to understand. 
You are this rack. I purchased you. I held you tightly. I wrapped you around my own waist. I, mean, I wrapped you around my own waist, and now you have become spoiled. Right? And imagine how, how, how I must feel. And you are so much more precious to me than a loincloth. And so it's just it's just powerful imagery for them to understand. And, and it continues to talk about that. And, you know, their sin, it, I like how it states their sin because it says they refuse to hear my words and they stubbornly follow their own hearts. You know, that's that's the struggle of our of our day, you know, still to the, to this moment is, is to have a desire to actually hear what the word of the Lord says. A desire to really know God's opinion, God's truth about my lifestyle, about my money. There's always a deeper place where the, I could let the word of the Lord travel into my life. About my marriage, about the way that I discipline my children, about the way that I spend my money. Okay. And, and, and we should always have a desire from whether we're 20, 15, whether we're 80, whether we're 90, whether we're, you know, been born again and walking with the Lord all of our lives. Or even whether we're just at the beginning place, and we're not even we're not even sure that we're saved or not. We don't even we don't even really know. We're not even really confident if we died today that we'd go to heaven. The, wherever we're at in that journey, it, it's still that same that same place of I've got to get to a place where one. I want to know the word of the Lord. I want to know what He has to say. One and then two. I'm willing to not follow after my own heart. I'm willing to not follow after my own. I want to know what he has to say. And what he has to say, I am already agreeing, will supersede what my heart has to say. And I'll tell you, that's the pursuit of our life. And it's the pursuit that many are not willing to follow. That's why it says the way of destruction is is broad, but but the way of true life, the gate is narrow, and it's because it's it's there's a big difference between wanting to follow and chase after my own heart, and and willing to hear what the word of the Lord says, and predetermining that I consider the value of His word greater than the value of my feelings, right? And that's a difficult thing, and we're living in a time, you know. Um, I don't want to say like never before because I don't think that's true, but we're living in a time that we've not experienced. We've, we're living in a time that our country's not experienced. And, the, and, the, and, and we don't have to go into the details of it all, but it all comes from a place of an unwillingness to know what the word of the Lord says. That's the first, that's the first thing. That's just like where it says in Hosea, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, right? They're perishing because they don't want to know what the word of the Lord says. We've, we've forsaken that. You know, there's so many topics right now that are so taboo. You know, is a boy a boy? Is a girl a girl? Is a, is a man a, can a man marry a man? A woman a woman? You know, these sort of things. There's, you know, these shouldn't even be considered. And and you know the reason why they're being considered because everyone's evaluating in their heart how they feel. Everyone's trying to determine in their own heart what's right. Well, I don't know. Is this right? Was that right? Well, man, I've got a I've got a cousin and, and he's a good guy and he, you know, he's this way and everyone's trying to determine in their own and, and it's not our job. What is the word of the Lord said? The word of the Lord says, man shall not be with man. Man shall not be with woman. The word of the Lord says, I created you both individually as male, as female. There's no in between and you don't cross from one side to the other. It's clear in the scripture. And it's like, that's not opinion. That's just the word of the Lord. 
it, but where, it, where, where, where wickedness resides is a place to where I'm really not that concerned with what God has to say. I'm more concerned with what I have to say and what my heart has to say and my feelings. And I'll tell you, folks, there's, there's no limitation to the evil that can take over a person when they only follow the desires of their heart. Because what then do you do when the desires of your heart endorse pedophilia? What then do you do when the desires of your heart endorse murder? What then do you do? How then do you find any sort of moral compass? Where do you, where do we have justice when we've promoted an entire people to chase after their heart? And then we stand in courtrooms and we say, by my heart, I murdered these people. By my heart, I raped this person. And we're just standing in the courtroom and somehow say, that's not okay. But we're, we've, we've endorsed it for, 25 years that if it's in your heart it's okay and that's why there's there's no hope in the way that things are going the only hope is that we get back to the word and i don't i don't mean to teach this from a country standpoint i know it seems like i do that often but i just want to show it big picture because i don't want us to read these scriptures and think of it like it was just something that israel struggled with thousands of years ago this is the struggle of our country this is the struggle of our world but it's not but it's not fought corporately it's fought individually so while i can see it spreading across our entire nation i solve it by applying it to myself so i must first agree that the word of the lord is more important to me than how my than how my heart feels i don't care if my heart feels sad the word of the lord says rejoice philippians 4:4 4, 4, rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice i'm going to i'm going to submit myself to the word first and not to my feelings my feelings are mad today. But it says in the word of the Lord that human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I can't be mad. Right? I'm willing to take the word of the Lord over my feelings. It starts at each of us individually applying it there. I already gave you the context of chapter 14 and it's understanding the cautiousness of knowing when the word is, when the, when the word is truly being spoken and when it's an imitation. Chapter 15 is speaking about how the Lord really plans to destroy their the people and it's because he's um he's not it says he's not intending to relent because he needs to to totally purify his people totally dissolve their their evil works in order that they might be a pure representation and god does destroy in in the way of 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 where he, he can have a, a full demonstration a holy demonstration of his glory on the earth. And the last verse that I just wanted, that we have time to talk about that was, that blessed me this morning was chapter 15. And it says, uh, verse 16, it says, your words were found. And I, this is Jeremiah speaking. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart for I'm called by your name. And, and then the Lord promises protection to Jeremiah that he's going to set him apart because he has sought after the Lord, even in the, in the, even in the midst of a wicked people. And the Lord would be his protector and defender. But I love that verse where it says, Jeremiah says, I delighted in your words and I ate them. They, they, they were the treasure of my life. And I just, that spoke to me because we don't have a, a, a near enough reverent heart toward the scriptures. And we don't have a, a, a great enough zeal. I do not have 
a great enough zeal for the scriptures. And that's something that we should each be pursuing because when Jeremiah was speaking about how precious the word of the Lord was to him and how he was, he says, I've ate it. It's, it's my nourishment. I'm taking it into me. And then he says, and, and I'm treasuring it. Okay. This wasn't even the good, you know, wonderful scriptures that we, you know, cherish like, oh, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Oh, I just cherish that. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Oh, man. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33. You know, it's not even these kind of scriptures that he's talking about. It's these prophecies that we're, that, that, that are uncomfortable and painful and requesting of repentance and, and pronouncing of judgment and destruction and, and, Jeremiah is saying, I'm clinging onto these so tightly. And, and I just want to say that we need to have a respect for the word of the Lord, that I don't even cherish it because of its context. I cherish it because of the author and because it came from his lips. And so I cling. I must hold on to. I must cherish it because it has supernatural effect on it. And, you know, I, I just feel like we don't have a, a great enough respect of the scriptures. And I think it's for that reason for why we're, we're even so well-versed with the New Testament and reciting of all of these familiar scriptures, but we, 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 we don't tend to just really um, reside in these Old Testament places. And I get it, because it's, easily digest, it's e- more easily digested. But we must change our relationship with the Word, where it's not even about how easily it is to digest. It's about that I just cherish every word because I love Him. And I cling tightly to the, to the words in whom came from the mouth of the Father in whom I am deeply in love with. Let, let that be our relationship. And then let us have the obedience of Jeremiah to act swiftly even before our understanding.